Welcome to another episode of Mercado Commodity Updates. This week two of our uh, colleagues and the uh, stalwarts of the uh, commodity comments are uh, away. Andrew and Matt are up in Brisbane. So it's going to be uh, me, Robert Herman, and Olivia telling you what's happening in markets and what a week it's been in markets. So I'm going to talk about wool and then Olivia's going to talk about sheep and cattle. But uh, the, the story about wool was that this week, for the first time in my memory that uh, that I can I can recall is that wool sales were cancelled and they were cancelled because of a cyber attack on the Talman IT platform. Now Talman IT is the provider of about seventy five to to the wool industry of about seventy five percent of its uh, in house wool IT systems. So that's for both New Zealand and Australian wool. Producers, uh, wool processors, uh, wool exporters, wool brokers, everybody uses the Talman system. Um, in this case, uh, someone broke in and then sent a, uh, a ransomware note and, the, and eventually that meant that all the data, uh, the encrypted data was locked up. So it was just a, a case of not being able to handle the wool, not being able to handle the wool sales and they were cancelled. Now one of the issues I guess looking forward is does that mean we're going to have a flood of wool coming onto the market and dampen down the price and I noticed that in uh, the AWEX uh, commentary uh, there was a, a noted buyer was saying that perhaps that's a problem. I'm thinking not, I'm thinking that we've got a couple of other factors that are going to more than level this out. The first one is that the Australian dollar is well down on last week and we were expecting that that was going to stimulate some extra buyer demand and that was the intel we got uh, from the buyers and the exporters and the, and the brokers leading up to these sales. So the, uh, the Aussie dollar coming back is going to make it a little bit easier to buy so that should stimulate a bit of demand. And the other thing is that we know that as we look down the horizon, over the horizon, the, um, the amount of wool available for sale this year is going to continue to contract and we also found out recently that the amount of wool held in wool stores in, in the processing level, so in China specifically, that's at low levels. So I think we're going to see next week that uh, almost two weeks of wool comes up onto the market but it shouldn't be such a, it shouldn't be a real problem for the market to absorb this. I, I remember back to the first two sales in January of this year uh, when we in fact cleared 90,000 bales and uh, if we add last week's roster or this week's roster and next week's roster together it's about 80,000 bales. So not a really big concern for that but obviously a concern to see that these things out of left field are impacting on the market. Um, it's the question is going to be uh, will it be the black swan events such as COVID-19 and the Talman ransomware issues that weigh on the market or will it be the positives of an Aussie, lower Aussie dollar, reduced supply and diminished stocks in the mills that actually carries the day. Uh, I'm leaning towards the latter, um, time will tell. But that's it from me for wool. Uh, no market but a bit of news. Now let's hear from Olivia who will tell us all about uh, the sheep and the cattle markets. Thanks for that Rob. And what I want to talk to you about for today's update is cattle on feed. Now, last year, we really thought that feeder supply couldn't ramp up anymore, but the December quarter figures have come out and they actually managed to take it up another notch, which has just got to be the big build-up before the drop. But there are 1.24 million head of cattle on feed at the end of December, which is a new record by 8%. 
And most of that, of course, was um, driven out of Queensland. But there was also an interesting number that jumped out, and it was from WA. So they, they do usually have strong numbers at the end of the year, but this time they're up 105% year on year to about 56,000 head of cattle on feed. Now that's still st small when you put it in perspective of the 720 odd thousand on feed in Queensland, but still a really big jump for WA. Um, back looking at the national figures for a second, and the increase last quarter was thanks to both strong placements that's the number of cattle being placed into feedlots, as well as slow marketing. So those are the leading. There was also one more uh, hidden record in the cattle on feed numbers for the December quarter. Um, and that was the number of cattle carried over from the September quarter. So they're the ones that are remaining on feed for over 90 days. And this really helps explain why those uh, finished cattle prices were so slow to move in January. So most of the impact of the record numbers uh, on feed would have flowed through to the market with those large numbers of finished cattle hitting the market early in the year. So they have been having a pretty good run lately on the East Coast. Although we are starting to see that feeder prices on, are on the move because of those empty spaces in feedlots. Uh, filling those spaces is going to be the hard ask for feedlots as finding young cattle to replace them is just going to be the issue. Now, Speaking of young cattle, the EYCI moved higher again this week and for the first time since the 2016-17 restock, it was actually at a premium to the 90CL benchmark export um, indicator. So to get much higher though, we are going to need to see those finished prices keep heading up uh, and that's only going to happen if export markets remain really strong. Now on to sheep, and our analyst Angus Brown did a really interesting piece on export values of lamb this week. So jump onto the website if you haven't had a read of it yet. But something new that I learnt from it was that back in 2015, 45% of Australian lamb produced was kept for domestic consumption. But fast forward that to last year, and that's dropped right back down to 32%. So why is that important? Well, it means that export demand is having more and more importance in terms of setting our price. We know that the retail cost of lamb here is definitely a driving force behind that um, reduced con domestic consumption. I don't know if you all saw this on the news or social media this week, but 4 and 20 have just announced that they're launching a meat-free meat pie. And really, I don't think we can blame them. I mean, mutton was originally added to the pie as a, a cheap beef substitute. But on the East Coast this week, mutton went through 700 cents. Now, I'm, I've got no idea what's replacing the mutton in the meat-free meat pie. Uh, it sounds a bit more like a Cornish pasty to me, but I'd be finding something cheaper too if I was looking at the price of mutton where it is now. But with supply tight and plenty of demand from overseas, it's, it's not so much how much local consumers are paying for lamb, which is going to put a roof on prices, but it's how much the export markets are going to pay. Now, when we look at the ESDLI and US dollars, they aren't even at records yet, thanks to the low Aussie. So Angus found some numbers for the price of lamb in South Dakota. So this is the sale yard price I'm talking about, and it's still at a big premium to the Australian values when we convert the ESDLI into US cents per pound. So that means there is still some room from US cents um, for prices to move higher as long as the Aussie dollar remains low. 
but it is pushing closer to those resistance levels. Whether it passes through them, well, tight supply here and just might be enough to do that. So that's another week for your market update by Mikado. We tell you this every week, but I'm going to tell you again anyway. If you like what you hear in the podcast, don't keep it to yourself, but please share it with all your mates. I hope you have a really great weekend and we'll talk to you again next week.